All right, so let's read this passage together. You can look in your Bible or on the screen. Here we go. It's Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. See, parents, you are called to make disciples of your children. And the uh, first two things this passage teaches us is the first is, I need to love God with all of who I am. You need to love God with all of who you are. So again, if we can put it back up, let's look at it one more time. The Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So I'm going to tell you something that's going to shock you. And just for me, when I tell you, I want you to be shocked, okay? So here it is. You ready? I was not the easiest child. Thank you. Thank you, Tandy. Yes, it's true. I was not the easiest child. I know you can't even imagine it. But my parents... They had to tell me to do things over and over and over again. And the reason they did this is they wanted to teach me something, so they repeated it. How many of you have ever had to repeat something so your kids got it? How many of you have ever had to have someone repeat it to you so you got it? Yes, right? So their repetition showed me the importance of what they were saying. We often have to do this in our lives. So there are two phrases that are repeated all throughout the book of Deuteronomy. And they are this. The first one is, hear, O Israel. In another version of the Bible, it uses the word listen. It is saying, People of Israel, hear these words. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And do you know it's mentioned in Deuteronomy chapter 4, chapter 10, chapter 11, chapter 13, chapter 26, chapter 30. It's even mentioned in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Jesus even said these words himself in Matthew chapter 22. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. So let me ask you a question. Do you think if it was repeated that many times and even said by Jesus, it's important for our lives? Right? It's said over and over again. And you see, the extent of a man's love for God was to be total. Israel was to love God with her whole being. So let's dig a little bit into all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength. It is not enough for us to just go through certain motions in our lives, to go through certain motions in worship. Rather, we must truly love God and devote our whole lives to him. The phrase, this phrase is a way of saying the whole person. And so let's look at the heart. The heart in Hebrew was not so much the seat of emotions and feelings as it is in English metaphors. It was the seat of intellect, will, and intention. 
You see, you think in your heart, right? Your heart shapes your character, your decisions, your choices. It is the center of the human being as the moral agent. So to love God then with all your heart and with all your soul means your whole self, including your rationality, your mental capacity, your moral choices, your inner feelings, your desires, and the deepest roots of your life. After hearing we need to love God with our whole soul, uh, I have two questions for you that are diagnostic. The first one is this. Is Jesus real in your life? This is a challenging question. Is Jesus real in your life? And what I mean by that, is it evident that you are living your life for Jesus? Is it evident that you love the Lord your God with all your heart? Do you talk about Jesus? How many of you know we talk uh, the most about what we love, right? Right? If you're talking all about food, man, that's the thing you love the most. If you're talking all about football, that's the thing you love the most. So what do you talk about the most in your life? Is it football? Is it food? Is it TV? You see, if we only talk about Jesus on Sunday or Wednesdays, we might need to ask ourselves, is Jesus real in my life? Can your kids see that you're living for Jesus? Do they hear you talking about him? Do your kids see you soaking in the presence of the Lord? My wife, she shares this three times every year. And when she shares this, it's such an honoring moment to her mother because she remembers clear as day when she was a child, seeing her mother start every day by praying to the Lord. That's something she will always remember. She saw her mother spending time with Jesus. And I encourage you, do you read your Bible even in front of your kids? Because your kids will see you, see you having your own devotional life, your own personal relationship with Jesus. And something I learned years ago, which I love this, it challenged me. When you read the Bible, I encourage you to read. They still have these physical hard copies of the Bible and not your phone. And here's why I challenge you that. Because if you're on your phone, your kid doesn't know if you're on Twitter, if you're on Facebook, or if you're checking to see the Cowboys lost again. They're not sure what you're doing on there. But when they see you reading God's word, they know you're spending time with Jesus. And the reason that's important, because parents, how many of you know, your kids will know if you're faking it right? Your, kid, your kids will know if you're faking it. And so here's the truth. Jesus being real in our lives does not make us perfect. But as we talked about, we need to love God with all of who we are, with our heart, with our soul. We need to live for Jesus. So a question to ask yourself every day is, are you connecting to Jesus? Are you reading your Bible? Are you spending time in worship? Are you spending time seeking the Lord? What we need most in our lives is for Jesus to be real. And my second question is this, are you all in? So the word all, it's tiny, but A-L-L, but it is a small Extreme, intimidating word. The word all is intimidating, I think, because to give anything all of us is hard to do. A lot of times we like to give a little bit or what we feel comfortable with 
Or how many of you just sometimes like, I like to have control of my life, right? Right? To give all. We need to give all. And so even when we think of the phrase, love the Lord with all your heart, it's hard because we like to keep some of it for ourselves. But this passage is asking us to give up control and surrender everything to God. And that's hard. This is important because on our own, we actually can't be all in for God. On our own. But because of what Jesus has done for us, he helps us to give God everything. Jesus loved us so much that he gave everything for us so that we can give everything to God. So when we say all in, what we're really saying is we'll give everything in our lives to Jesus. We'll give our hearts. We'll give our minds. We'll give all of our praise. We'll give our devotion, our worship. It means surrendering your pride, your anger, your frustration, your depression, and giving it to Jesus. It's saying, Lord, I give all of me to you. It's saying, Lord, I give everything, all of it, not just what I feel comfortable or what I want to give, all of it to you. And here's what's awesome. We don't always get it right, but because Jesus went all in for you and me, and because he did, you and I can follow Jesus, and he gives us the power to go all in for him. So before we go on to our second point, we need to ask ourselves those two questions. Is Jesus real in your life? Are you all in? Because without that, we can't do this second thing. That is the most important. So let's look at verses six through nine. It says this, so seven through nine. Seven through nine. Yep, that's it. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down and when you get up, tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. So this small section in Deuteronomy is known as the Shema, and it has been recited as a daily prayer. It gets its name from the start of the Hebrew prayer in Deuteronomy 6.4, which is, Hear, O Israel, because the word Shema is translated to the English word, Hear. So this was given as a metaphor, right? This was given as a metaphor, but the Jews took it as a literal command. So when they would recite this, they wouldn't just say it. They would write this passage on small scrolls. They would place them in small leather containers and bind them on their foreheads and their left arms whenever they were saying this. So right now the kids are doing a craft where they'll be making this and you get home and you bind it. I'm just kidding. You're all looking at me like, wait, what? Okay, I'm just kidding. It's not really going to happen. But you see, that's what they did. And they would even write on their door frames, they would write, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. So every time they left the house, they would be reminded to love the Lord their God with all their hearts, with all their soul, and with all their strength. So I'm not asking you when you get home to bind scrolls on your kids' heads and post on Facebook 
can do. Hashtag discipleship. Don't do that. Uh, I'm not asking you to paint your door frames when you get home. But what I'm sharing is this instruction shows how seriously the Jews took this and how seriously we need to take it. Because Moses is saying that it should be normal to consistently talk to your kids about the Lord. It should be normal to say, hey guys, we need to love the Lord our God with all our heart, with all our soul, and with all our strength. That needs to be a normal thing in our lives. And so for some of you, this might be a frightening concept of, wow, that is a lot to disciple my children. It is a great and big responsibility. But if you feel stressed, it might be because you're believing some lies about discipleship. And so we're going to go over these right now. The first is this. It's the job, it's the church's job to disciple my children. You take my children. It's your job. You see, parents... Throughout the year, I love being the children's pastor, but throughout the year, we have 45 hours a year and to reach your kids and share the gospel, and that number might even be high. We have around 45 hours a year to help your kids learn and be discipled. And so I'm going to show you through some delicious Skittles, of course. Um, the amount of time that we have here at the church with your kids. So we're about 40, 45 hours. You ready? Let's see. Let's see how fast it goes. That went pretty fast, didn't it? Wow. But that Skittle was good. You see, parents, as parents, we have throughout the year 3,000 hours, 3,000 hours in our lives to help disciple our children, to help our children be men and women of God, to love the Lord with all of their heart. And that's why it is our responsibility, our calling as parents to disciple them. So parents, let's look at the time you have with your kids right here. Here we go. We only have 10 minutes all. a long time. Wow. You see, parents, we have around 3,000 hours to help our kids grow in their relationship with Jesus. God planned for you to be the primary pastor in your kid's life. So let's look at this part of the verse when it's talking about, let's talk about Jesus when sitting at home. Man, I'm not asking you to get rid of the TV, but let's some nights, let's turn off the TV. Let's turn off the video games and let's do sword drills. Let's talk about the Bible. Let's talk walking along the road, literally. When walking to the bus stop, ask them, hey, how was your time with Jesus? Have you been reading your Bible? When you pick them up from kids' church, ask them, what did you learn today? When you're in the mall walking to the store, have a conversation about the Bible. Ask them questions. Let's use the time that we have to impress on our children that they need the Lord in their life, that they need Jesus. Because how many of you know what you talk about, your kids will talk about? 
right? I have a toddler, and so I'm in the phase where he repeats everything I say. So it is, a, it is a reminder to me, man, the other day I was outside and for about 10 minutes I talked about how much I don't like chipmunks because they're eating my plants and they're doing all this stuff. And the rest of the day, the only thing TJ talked about is how he does not like chipmunks. He said, daddy doesn't like them, so I don't like them. Daddy, let's get the chipmunks. And it was like, wow, what I talk about, he's going to talk about. So if I talk about Jesus in the Bible and how much he loves him, guess what my three-year-old son's going to be talking about? Jesus. And so if we talk about it, so will they. And I want you to know, the 45 hours that me and my team have with your kids, we love this time. We value this time. That time to me is so important. I love seeing your kids truly connect and seek the Lord. And so I want you to know, our job as the church is to come alongside of you, to join you, to be there for you. We consistently pray for you and your kids. So know that we are going to help your kids, um, help know them know Jesus. We are gonna help disciple them. Our job and our passion is to say, hey, we wanna join you in this journey. So if you ever need prayer, please come see us. We wanna offer counsel, but we want as the church to be there for you. So the lie is it's the church's job to disciple your children. The truth is it's your job, but the church is here to support and help you along the journey. The second lie is I don't have time. Here's the real hard truth. If we don't have time to disciple our children, then Jesus isn't real in our life. <laughs> right? To say, I don't have time, is Jesus real in our lives? We're not all in. We need to be super intentional to use the time we have to help our kids grow in their relationship with Jesus. And I know being a parent and all of us, we're busy, right? Life is busy. I mean, with the holidays coming up, you got to get all the presents ready. You got to feed family. You got to keep the kids happy. You have to cry and then do it all again the next day, right? Like, I know it is exhausting. Life can be busy for all of us. But I don't have time is a lie because we will always prioritize always what is important to us. Every single one of us, we will prioritize what's important to us. So if work is life, we are prioritizing it. If entertainment is life, we will prioritize it. If sports is life, then that's what we will prioritize. But there is nothing, nothing, nothing more important and then in your life and in your child's life than to prioritize God's word and how to live life for Jesus. Your family should not revolve around your kids or family schedule, but around Jesus. Our life should revolve around Jesus. Jesus should not have to revolve around our schedules and the busyness of our life. Parents, your kids don't need you. And this is a, this is a reminder to me. We don't need to just keep them busy 
No, they need us to be present and they need us to point them towards Jesus. Proverbs 22, 6 says, train a child in the way he should go and even when they are old, they will not depart from it. If you teach them the truth now and if you teach them to prioritize Jesus right now, that is what they are going to prioritize. And like I said, I encourage you in your life, if you are busy, be just intentional. Say, hey guys, this 30 minute block, we're gonna read the Bible together. When we're driving to a sports game today or driving dad to work, we're gonna talk about the Bible. We're gonna do sword drills in the car. Be intentional and make it the number one priority. The next thing is this, I don't know enough about the Bible. Has anyone ever read the Bible and ever felt like, man, I don't know what that means? (laughs) I have, you know? And kids, you know what I love about kids' ministry? They have amazing questions. Man, I love the deep questions. And do you know what's hard about kids' ministry? The questions. Sometimes they'll ask a question, and they look at me, and I'm like, I don't think anyone's ever thought of that. Like, I think only Jesus knows. Like, I don't even know if that's possible, to be honest with you. But, you know, I love when they ask questions. I always joke, if you think kids' ministry is easy, just let them ask you some questions. (laughs) But, you know, I encourage you, the lie is I don't know enough about the Bible. Because what we need to do, first of all, I love Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. Ask the Lord for wisdom. Ask the Lord for wisdom. And when your kids ask you a question that you or no other human knows in the world, say, hey, let's research it together. Let's look in the Bible together. And because you know what's going to happen? Your kid's question is going to turn by both of you in the in God's word together, reading and growing. And so be intentional. But when it comes to this and the Bible, you can learn as a family because the Lord is going to help you. And I love when kids ask questions and it starts conversation. At the dining room table, say, hey, TJ had a great question today. What do you guys think? Because your family is going to be discussing the Bible at the dining room table. It all starts with little things like this to prioritize and make it normal, right? This is what we do every day. The last slide, we'll be looking at this. I have messed up too much. There might be someone in this room who feels I have messed up too much that I can't disciple my child. Well, that is a lie. And it's not from the Lord because Romans 3.23 tells us all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We all mess up. We all make bad choices. We all are broken. But no matter how big your sin is, God is bigger. He forgives us and he loves us. Don't let past mistakes discourage you from being intentional about helping your kid know Jesus. These are some of the lies that will creep into us during the day is, oh, the church will do it, or I'm not good enough, or I don't know about the Bible. Know that those are not from the Lord. Those are not from the Lord. The Lord has called us as parents to disciple our children and to help them know Jesus. And I want to say this, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. I have plenty of days as a parent where I think, man, I am not good enough to do this. And you know what? I fight with that lie. Well, you're right. 
but the Lord is. <laughs> the Lord will help you. He will be there for you. He will guide you. And so we are not the perfect parents, but we are going to point them to the one who is. We're going to point them to our perfect God. And I want you to know this. I feel like this is for someone in the room. When you disciple your children, someday they may grow up and still not follow Jesus. Know that kids, teenagers, all of us, we have to make our own personal relationship with Jesus. If that's weighing on you, don't let that weigh on you. Know that all we can do is point them towards Jesus. That's what we do. That's what we are called to do as parents. And so here's how I want to close today. Maybe you're here and you're like, man, I want to start today because this message is not to make you feel like, oh man, I can't believe we don't do that. No, this message is like, guess what? We can start today. We can start today of discipling our children, helping them dig into God's word. And so that can happen today. So we're going to have a time for prayer with that. But also, if you're here and you feel like, man, my relationship with Jesus is just, we're distant right now. We're distant. If you feel like today, I want to become close to Jesus again, we're going to have a prayer team that is going to pray for you. Because maybe you're like, man, I haven't been loving the Lord God with everything. I've been giving a little bit, but not all. Well, today, man, you can just get close to Jesus again. Today, you can make that decision to say, I am going to be the main disciple of my children because parents, you know this, the time goes fast. The time goes fast. Now is our chance to help our kids be strong, passionate followers of Jesus. And if you ever start to believe those lies, man, you just say out loud, Lord, that's not from you. I'm not gonna believe that. I'm not gonna believe that. And ask the Lord for wisdom because we have a God who's big and always there for us. And that's how he's going to help us be parents who can help kids know him through his strength, his wisdom, his guidance. So let's pray. And after prayer, if you want, if the prayer team or pastors can come up, if you want prayer to just be renewed or say, I'm going to start disciple my kids, they will do that. But let's pray together. Lord, thank you so much for this incredible day. Lord, you are so good. We pray that all of us in this room, that we would love you with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength, that we would say, yes, Jesus, you are real in my life. I am all in for you. I give everything to you. And Lord, as we have parents here in this room, we pray that you would give them wisdom as they leave today knowing I am the main disciple maker in my home. I'm going to help my kids be disciples of Jesus. Lord, you have great plans in those kids' lives and the adult lives here. We pray that we would stay connected to you, that we would stay close to you. Bless our day, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. So everyone, thank you so much for today. When you see Skittles, hopefully you don't have this many at home, but when you see Skittles, remember the time you have every day to disciple your children. So everyone have a great day. If you need prayer, we'll be up here. Bye everybody.